Hey, well, good morning. It is the second day of Holy Week. It is Monday, and the events of that day in Jesus's life are recorded in Matthew 21, Mark 11, Luke 19, and John 21. Um, Holy Week starts on Palm Sunday, the day when Jesus rode triumphant into Jerusalem and publicly accepted the, uh, the claim to be the Messiah. And the rest of the week follows the progression towards his um, eventual betrayal, death, crucifixion, and, and resurrection uh, a week later on Easter Sunday. Uh, Christians all over the world are remembering what Jesus did this week, and uh, we celebrate all that Jesus has done. Um, on the Monday of Holy Week, Jesus uh, did some cursing and some cleansing, and that might surprise you, the cursing, um, but Jesus was staying in a village called Bethany, and it was on a hill across the valley from Jerusalem, about two miles away, uh, the Mount of Olives. We talked a bit about that yesterday, um, but the on his way there, he passed by a fig tree, and I'm going to admit that this is one of the parts of the Bible that I understand the least. Um, but he sees this fig tree, it's not bearing fruit, and Jesus curses the fig tree and just says, you'll never grow fruit again, you'll wither and die, um, because you're not bearing fruit. And there's disagreement about what was going on here. Some scholars say that he was um, symbolically cursing the religious leaders uh, for, for not being ready, not receiving him as the Messiah for, um, you know, lack of faith. Uh, some people say that Jesus is symbolically speaking to all people uh, who don't have genuine faith. Um, I don't 100% know. I don't claim to fully understand that part of the Bible. I do know this. Uh, there's going to come a point when every person is going to be called to account. And does my life bear fruit? Um, the soil around our house is not great for growing things. And um, we... We had more seeds than room in our raised beds. You know, Angie put together these raised uh, garden beds, and she's put good soil in them, and things grow there. Um, and then she adds more seeds, so she puts some of the those seeds in the regular soil next to the raised beds, and you could just see a huge difference. You know, the seeds in the good soil grew. The seeds in the bad soil, they bore little fruit. And I, I think what is going on here is this idea that um, these religious leaders had every opportunity. They saw Jesus face to face. They saw Jesus's miracles. They had the scripture. They had the testimony of John the Baptist. They had the testimony of the prophets all pointing to Jesus as the Messiah, and they still had no spiritual fruit in their life. If, if your life was a tree or a, a plant and it's not growing fruit, Jesus is saying, hey, your time is done. No more chances. Um, the other thing Jesus did was he cleansed the temple. So he went into Jerusalem and then he came into the temple and there were these money changers. So the deal was that you could um, purchase a sacrifice. So if you were coming from like the far north or the far south of Israel and you were coming to Jerusalem or maybe you didn't even live in Israel, uh, you were part of the Jewish diaspora and you lived in Egypt or Greece or um what we now think of as Iran or Iraq, and you've come to Jerusalem for the Passover, and so you 
don't have your animals with you so that you could buy a an acceptable lamb or other type of sacrifice. But the scam was that the priest said, we'll only um, accept the temple coin. But you didn't have the temple coin because you didn't live in Jerusalem. And so these money changers that were in the temple would change your uh, whatever you had, Roman currency, Egyptian currency, um, you know, uh, Persian currency, whatever it is you had, and they would change it, but they would totally scam you on the exchange rate and um, make a big, you know, a big profit. And there'd be some kickback for the priests because they were corrupt. And um, it was a total scam. It, it um, made it harder for people, especially poor people, to worship God. Not only that, but the place where the money changers were was in what's called the court of the Gentiles. And I don't want to get into the whole thing about the different courts in the temple, but the idea was that it was a place that anyone could come who wanted to seek the true God. And they were crowding out that space so that they could make money for the insiders. Um, as much as I don't understand necessarily the cursing the fig tree, I totally understand the concept of the money changers. That Jesus wants to cleanse his church and his people. And wherever his church has pushed out the outsider to appease the insider, I believe Jesus wants to cleanse that. Wherever the church has not um, served the poor and has actually served the privileged, I believe Jesus wants to cleanse that. Uh, and in my own heart, in my own life, where I haven't looked after the needs of, of, of the oppressed, the needs of the widow and the orphan, the needs of the foreigner and the refugee, I believe that Jesus wants to cleanse that. Um, I think there are some people that uh, hear what I'm saying and they make an assumption based on their political view. This isn't a political subject. Uh, we bring our own baggage into the conversation and Jesus is saying, I want to cleanse that too. Um, one of the things that I love about the heritage of our family of churches is that we uh, emphasize authentic faith and really living as followers of Jesus. And one of the things that we believe is that God cleanses us and um, through the power of the Holy Spirit that God uh, comes in and, and cleanses um, the sin in our life, the, the areas in our life that aren't pure, the areas in our life that aren't free. And what Jesus was doing was freeing uh, people from the oppression. He was freeing so that outsiders could come in. And he was um, removing this evil from a place that was supposed to be a holy place. And we have seen that, by the way. Um, you know, it's been, it's been amazing. You know, as rough as this last year has been, we have, we have seen people in the church and outside of the church who have come... Um, looking and they have come seeking freedom and cleansing. And uh, if that's you, if, if you need cleansing, uh, Jesus comes, he brings power and, and does that cleansing work still to this day. And, uh, you know, wh whatever it is, whether it's a lack of love, um, whether it is a life dominating sin, whether it is a, um, up till now you haven't repented and followed Jesus and you want to, uh, however that is, uh, Jesus does his cleansing work and he frees up those who are being oppressed and he makes room for those who want to come in, the outsider to become one of his. 
So that's what Jesus did. Uh, after that, he went back to Bethany. He never stayed in Jerusalem uh, until the night he was betrayed. Um, and uh, so that's what he did on Monday of Holy Week. He, he said, all right, that's it to the branches that weren't bearing fruit. And then he went in and he cleansed his temple. And so, uh, you know, I'm thankful for the work that God's doing in my life and in your life. And I'm thankful that God still cleanses us and still works in our lives and still brings us to a place of right and right uh, living before him. Victory in Jesus. That's awesome. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow as we see what Jesus was doing on Tuesday of Holy Week.